Seven Days to Play. Welcome to Seven Days to Play, your weekly mobile game review program. I'm Edwin. And I'm Sam. For the past seven days, I have chosen for us to play and to delight in. <laughs> <We'll see. laughs> or possibly. Uh, one of the games from the Apple Arcade, and the game is What the Golf? What the Golf? Is it a question mark or is it an exclamation mark? Great question. I think it's a question mark. I think it is a question mark. What the Golf? <laughs> What's the Golf? From Copenhagen-based studio called Triband. There is something Scandinavian about it. It is. I think it's either <laughs> the art style or like the humor or like the way that the game actually is will... You know, when we actually get into it, you'll understand why. But let me read you the description from the Apple Arcade page, because this is an Apple Arcade game. Which, if you have not been following exciting game news, Apple has released a Netflix for games for five ninety nine a month. You can... <laughs> was it four ninety nine? Four ninety nine a month, you can get access to a whole catalog of exclusive for mobile telephone games. And I make that distinction because I believe what the golf is due to come out on Switch at some point... Right. Maybe. I believe it is already available on Steam. Oh, that's yes. a thing that I definitely know what that is. Mm-hmm. Steam is the PC slash Mac client, game client, that allows you to purchase and play games on your Mac or PC. P&P. Or your Linux computer devices. It's the year of Linux on the desktop. <laughs> so here's the description from Apple Arcade. The golf game for people who hate golf, exclamation <laughs> mark. That is a good tagline. I mean, give them credit. That is very yeah. good. A silly physics-based golf parody where every golf course is a new surprising type of golf. Some brilliant or hilarious. Others so absurd, you will ask yourself, what the golf? What the golf? Bring your car to the driving range, golf a bird to get a birdie, or a house to get a home in one. <laughs> very good. This game is made by people who know nothing about golf, and it will not make you a better golf player. (laughs) (laughs) All true things, I would say. Well, that does tee up the game quite nicely. Oh, no. Okay, it started again. (laughs) Golf puns. All right, well, let's get swinging. (laughs) All right, that's it. No more. So that was a pretty good description, but like, how would you describe this game? Hmm. A cartoon arcade game vaguely based on the idea of golf by which i mean getting something towards a target right (laughs) i think in heart in heart it is kind of a golf game because it does have like most of the games in this game so like the game is actually broken out into like several mini games That all function differently so like each hole would actually function completely different from the previous hole And initially, these changes, you know, you're going to start out with what looks like a normal golf game. It'll be a hole. You'll see the pin. You'll see the ball. You'll pull back. You'll see the little arrow. And then you let go. Your ball will then scoot across. And then your your initial objective is to get your ball into the hole or to the pin. And then the next level is that rather than you being able to hit a ball you're hitting like a tree or something or like the pin itself, like the pin is moving towards the hole or like towards the ball. And so it'd be something absolutely ridiculous where like, you know, you're a house, like the description says. And then when the house hits the pin, it goes home in one. And it's all (laughs) like accompanied by like really 
uh, quirky music and like people going like, ooh, and ah in the background and like actually like words sometimes saying like home in one, you know, it's like <laughs> really odd and sort of absurdist, but full of character, I'd say. Quite delightful. Right. The first thing you notice is that you don't actually need to get a ball in the hole, you or let's say a object, a throwable in the hole. You merely need to get it to touch the flag, mm. which I have some qualms about because that is <laughs> not how you play golf. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure that the description said that these are made by people who don't play golf at all. <laughs> right. You don't often have to throw the hole at a giant letter one to get a hole in one. So if I were to describe the game, I would say this game is a series of bunch of mini games that revolve around this vague notion of what golf might be. If you are insane. If you are insane, right. Have you ever played the Wario games on the Game Boy Advance or on the DS? No, I haven't. So they're all like these really crazy, absurdist, almost like two to five second games where like everything's different. Like one level, you have to like catch a series of eggs as fast as possible. The next is like you have to pluck the nose hair um, by like moving your the, the controller <laughs> to make sure like you get the tweezer, you know? Okay. And then like the next level is like, you have to pick the nose. Right. And like, it ends with like a success, like, Oh, you picked the nose, <laughs> you know? And it's like these crazy little games and kind of like in the same vein of like everything being kind of crazy and absurd. Like, I feel like I got the same vibe in this game as well. Yes. It certainly pushes those absurdist buttons. If that is a thing you like. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And when you play this game, it sort of feels like it's unraveling on itself in some way. <laughs> right? How far, how far did you get in the game, Edwin? Uh, I have completed 8% of the game. Oh, I have 11% of the game. And oh. I think there's a time, right? It is a play time. One hour, 15 minutes. Ooh, I have three hours and 43 minutes. Hmm. Which is surprising. Who, yes. Who has the most useful, productive amount of holding in one <laughs> during this time? Uh, I have the final, the final metric is a number of strokes. 321. 775 strokes. Whoa. How many strokes did you get again? 321. Oh, you're the, wow. the lesser of the stroker. That is what they call me. <laughs> How did you feel about this game? I, I kind of loved it. There's an, there's a part of the game where like you're going through the different levels. Obviously it's all crazy. And then there's this moment where sort of the curtains come up and it's essentially like the beginning of the game where it gives you the title and you're in this like, almost like a, a lab setting. And you're like this experiment that's happening. It reminded me of games like portal or like Stanley parable where there's like this fourth wall and the narrative continues like outside of this fourth wall. Uh, and it gave me that feeling in like a really interesting way. I don't think I've gotten far enough in that narrative to really explain like what's happening, like why you're this ball and like what's going on in this lab. Right. But I feel like there's something there and I'm still not sure if there's actual story there, but it's very interesting. Right. One moment you're suddenly going to find out you're in the snow globe. Right. <laughs> Or you're in the aliens playing marbles that contain a galaxy. Right. And all of a sudden, like you're Is in that this the end of Mar Men in Black? You're, <laughs> right. Exactly. 
you're in the marble that actually has the universe yeah. and all the aliens are actually just messing around. I can see why people like this game. I didn't love it to go back to last week's episode when this game was revealed. I think we did mention what if you do like golf? Is this a game for you? And for me, kind of, you just want to play a round of golf. Uh, can I just play a round of golf? <laughs> <laughs> I think my main gripe would be that it is not obvious what the par or your strokes are for the course. Mm. I think it does tell you if you go back to play a level a second time, it gives you a little screen with, hey, what's the par for the course and strokes, I think. But you never get to see that when you play a level for the first time, which is an interesting point. Like, I think they may be serving, you know, customers such as yourself who get the angst get the uh the star envy where they've got to get it got to get those five stars or three stars per level for me without having that knowledge up front it just kind of made each level kind of inconsequential in a way that's like oh i can just i can keep on faffing about like those aliens playing marbles until i hit the flag and then oh, i'm done with the level like there was never ever a feeling of challenge which I think is fine for a game. Like, I think they've just lent into the comedy absurdist nature of it all. And actually, the delight of this game is finding out what wacky thing is going to happen on the next level. But as someone who <laughs> quite enjoys the old serious game of golf, <laughs> I was looking for, well, what's a little bit more strategy or a little bit more golfing? It had me asking, where's the golf? <laughs> <laughs> Or what the golf exclamation mark rather than a question mark. <laughs> okay, yes. <laughs> what is golf? <laughs> this, is, this is not golf. For me, everything that you mentioned works in my benefit. Yes. There was this, you know, lack of transparency in terms of par when you first play that level, right? Which made you just continue. But then if you, as you continue to play, like there were like these parts of the labs that you actually unlock by getting the crowns for those holes. And the only way that you can get crowns for those holes is if you replay that map uh, three times in total. So the first time is just for you to finish it and you can finish it in however many strokes that you want, which is there's actually no knowledge of the par then. The second time you play it is that you do have to make it in par. uh, And it tells you what the par is at that point because it gives you like a counter. And then after you complete that, you get the crown in which there's like a challenge. Uh, and some of these would be like pretty ridiculous. Like it'd be that like side view hole where you control five blue balls and one red ball among them. And you have to try to hit it so that, you know, any direction that you throw all, every, all the balls, like all seven balls will go in that direction, but you have to try and hit it so that only the red ball touches the flag and not the blue balls. Cause you don't want blue balls. so i found those to be like nice takes where it didn't feel repetitive but at the same time it's still up the challenge in ways i didn't feel like i was just repeating it for the sake of repeating it like what other games do in order for you to get like the perfect star but also i think i felt like these were kind of optional and that uh you can still go on and progress with the the rest of the map without having to complete them but you'd be missing out on like some Easter eggs if you if you did if you didn't do them. Easter balls. Easter balls. <laughs> As you said, what should we get to the three by threes? Let's get to the three by threes. 
three things good and three things bad. If you enjoy absurdist humor and general, <laughs> I'm doing air quotes, wackiness, <laughs> then I think you will enjoy this game. I think it could have been very easy for this game to sort of fall into uh, a kind of, oh, oh, that's interesting, kind of shoulder shrug. Eh, that's pretty good. Right. Um, but they lean into it so hard that it's like even the menu system between the levels is golf. Like everything, right. like they've just taken it <laughs> to 100%, which just means that it actually gives you quite a delightful experience. You know, yeah. I think it could have been easy just to have made this like a, oh, this is an okay game. Yeah. But they've just and taken think, it to the next level. Yeah. I, I do think like if you, if you like the Wario style games where like each level, like you're kind of in for a surprise and don't know what to expect, like you'll definitely like this game because it does provide that in, in a really good way. Like it's not, it's not, uh, it's not half baked. It's fully baked, baby. <laughs> right on this like absurdist style. But on top of that, like there's really good slight touches to pop culture references and like other game references that you might know um, that they bake in there pretty well without being so blatant about copying them mm. that if you're into that kind of stuff, like you'd, you'd really appreciate this because they do it really well with like the music and the sound effects and just like the way they package up each level. Early on in the week, you sent me a text to say, make sure you have your headphones on for this game. Uh, And you're right. These sounds are delightful. Yeah, it's not that, you know, the music isn't that aggressive. The music is actually quite well done. It fits each level. I think there are like nice little transitions between each thing. And the sound effects really make it. They do. Certainly is a game to enjoy with the sounds. On to the bad points. If you're looking for a game where, you know, you want to rely on a particular type of strategy. Yes. You're not going to find it here, baby. <laughs> right. It's not going to be super deep gameplay. You're here for the lols and not to really think too much about it, which I think is an absolutely fine type of game. But if you're looking for a strategio golf, you know, perfect angles. Yeah, this is not it. Yeah, exactly. That was my point as well. It's like, if you're looking for, you know, if you thought they were just being kind of ironic with the description and you actually think <laughs> this is a golf game, like you're not going to find a golf game in here. It's just, it <laughs> very uh, applies tangentially to like what an actual golf game is. So if you're looking for a golf game, this isn't it. Yeah. Uh, I also mentioned that if you're expecting for a consistent style of gameplay, <laughs> Um, you're not going to find it here. Like, I'm pretty sure they're going to go to some levels down the line where, like, you probably have to play a round of golf while actually swinging your device or something like that. <laughs> right? Because right. they have moments where you're already rotating your phone, but the game isn't actually rotated. Um, they have this, like, these weird moments where it's, like, kind of 3D, but it's not 3D. Mm, uh, yeah. So it's kind of breaks the barrier in, like, that aspect. So I do feel like they're going to pull out more things where it's a very unconventional type of uh, gameplay. Right, you might have to like, yell at your phone <laughs> right. loud enough to move a ball or something. Yeah, I can totally imagine that. <laughs> How did you get on with the, uh, the touch controls? It was, it was nice. I didn't find any problems with it. I felt like it is very specialized where it doesn't really work like golf. So the way that you swing back and let go, probably like one of the best visual mechanics that I've seen in golf where 
it stems from the ball as like a direction and like a vector shows, right? And then when you let go, it actually goes in that direction. But then that the way that that works from like the overhead map is actually different. There's like nice friction that prevents your ball bouncing all over the place when you're like the map mode, which is super useful for you to get around. Yeah, I found a little bit of um, frustration if you're trying to do f- finesse adjustments. There's a couple of uh, a couple of levels in outer space where you need to weave your ball between planets that have their own uh, gravity fields. Mm, I don't think I've reached that. And there you have to be quite precise. There was one where the ball landed around the edge of a planet, which is on the edge of the screen. And then now suddenly you don't have, you know, 360 degrees of motion all the way around because oh. you're at the edge of the screen and you can't scroll the screen. Again, not, not, not a huge problem, but just sometimes I ran up into so little uh, UI quirks where I couldn't quite perform the chip and putt the as well as I wanted. Exactly. <laughs> Sam, what is your final seven-day rating? Uh, it's a seven out of seven. Nice. Yeah, second Two Apple Arcade game. Yeah. Two sevens in a row. I don't know. I didn't. It's. It's. Uh, I don't. I was absolutely delighted by this game. Yeah. Uh, I was cracking up a lot. I found everything like the package to be very well done. Um, I love the the Mario version of the the round. I don't know if you've gotten there yet. Oh no, I'm not got there. I suppose that's the other thing. Is it's kind of fun that it's not linear. You can kind of take levels <laughs> right. in any order, seemingly. And there's like, uh, it's, I think the first time you played the Mario map, um, when you get, when you actually reach the flag, it goes, it's a me, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> Very good. For me, uh, this is a five. It was a pretty good game. I can totally understand people will like it. I wasn't in love with it. Um, and the golf lover in me just felt a little bit like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd like a normal golf game. Good for the lols, but uh, I wasn't completely hooked. But I can totally understand why people like this game, and I would absolutely suggest people check it out. So Sam, it now falls to me to pick our next game. Mm-hmm. Put those quarters away, because we're leaving the arcade. We are back to that freemium model, or paying straight up for games. Sam, you have seven days to play. Calculator 2, colon, the game. Calculator 2. Colon. The game. I've heard about this game. Not to be confused with just a calculator. Yes, this was suggested by my friend and yours, Mr. Nick Ludlow, Mm. when he was visiting town last week. Calculator to the game. Immediately, I'm loving the visuals. It looks like one of those old Casio or Texas Instruments calculators, scientific calculators that you once had before in your high school or middle school career. Right, get some Tipex or whiteouts mm-hmm. to you know write some terrible band names and band <laughs> logos on the front there. You had some people, not me, had the cheat sheet behind the case. Mm-hmm. Oh, because it had a slidey cover. Because it had a slidey cover. Yeah. Right. Oh. Very. Go. Yeah. Very tricksies. I've already downloaded the game, so it doesn't tell me if this is free or whether I paid, and I don't remember. Sam, is this game free? It is free. This game is free with in-app purchases. Mm. So let's read the tagline. Calculator to the game. Save the world with math! Exclamation mark. Well, they're American. You can tell that from the start. (laughs) Come back next week to see if we can, in fact, save the world or not with math. With the maths. With the maths. Yeah. Edwin, before we go, things of the week. I have a quick update on Grindstone. 
Because mm. for those two days that I was not playing What the Golf, I am still on the grindstone. Mm. Grinding them stones. Grinding away at Mount Grindstone. First up, they have updated... They've released an update, and uh, now it does not take over the sound, so, so you can now listen to a podcast uh, uninterrupted. Ah, uh, beautiful. By Georgie... Giorgio? Georgie? Jory. 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 Uh, smashing his way through a bunch of creeps. Um, I am now on level 30. Uh, oh. As I've got the next boss, who's really difficult. <laughs> so... Wow, come back next that's week quite where the I may have got through. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. So yeah, I'll come back next week to see if I've got past this boss. I've been stuck on him for a couple of days. So mm. we shall see. Is it roughly the same mechanic or is it uh, a different mechanic? Different mechanic this time. You just oh, need to... Essentially, the boss now is blocking the exit where the exit door normally is. And you just need to hit that so, uh, with a chain of 50. Oh, creeps. Wow. Which is a lot. That is a yeah, lot. Yeah, and he generates two skeleton creeps every turn. So there's a lot oh, going that on. That sounds very difficult. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Maybe you need to rely on some of your items. Yeah, maybe it's time to go back to do the titular grinding, and then it gets more <laughs> power ups. But it's still great. There's probably another seven, to be honest. As a double seven. Wow. I've been playing that most days as well. Alongside, <laughs> so. alongside the the original seven. But yeah. And alongside uh, the what the golf five. Yeah, fourteen days to play. And of course, the daily, <laughs> daily PUBG as well. So I'm turning to quite the gamer, even though oh I'm not goodness. a gamer. Yeah. My thing of the week is the last season of Startup by Gimlet. So I believe they just recently published their last episode of the last season. So it's a three-episode season. Shortest yet. Of the Startup podcast from Gimlet by Alex Bloomberg. Yeah, so to refresh my memory... When they started Gimlet back in the day, 2015, I guess, Startup was a sh- was the kind of meta show around how they started the company and recording that. Right. It was sort of a bit of a viral hit at the time because you got to see behind the scenes about how they started this company. Yeah, like how they pitched to investors, what were their message, like how did they actually get investors to come in, like who were their mm. advisors and all that kind of stuff, which is super interesting. Yeah, it got made into that hit NBC show mm-hmm. with um, that guy with the face. And it was called Podcast. <laughs> no, who's the Shins guy? Um, oh. oh um, Zach Braff. Zach, right, that's right. I completely I forgot about that. That, sh- that show existed. Yeah, it was something. <laughs> so the first season of Startup was very good. Then they kind of pivoted to just finding any or any other startups, which then I stopped listening. And I imagine... Maybe lots of people stopped listening. I think I think it was still it was still pretty good. That's the okay. review that I got. That it was still very very good. And then now the final <laughs> neither episode. Neither you nor I really listened to the middle right. seasons. <laughs> there are so many other podcasts to listen to. True, but then for the final season, they're bringing it back to the end. Well, the end of the independent Gimlet story, where right. they were purchased by the multinational streaming giant Spotify Limited. Spotify, right? And it kind of goes through all of their emotions as they do that. Um, how the acquisition actually happened and what they're feeling at the time. It's super fascinating. How edited um, do you think it is by the you know legal and marketing departments? Uh, I think to a point where it's, you know, doesn't reach on any IPO or even like their credibility of like the story that they want to tell. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I think they get into like their emotions of it, which is, I think the thing that I'm really going for. Right. Which is great. And it doesn't seem to be really held back. 
that seems to be very true to like what they're feeling, mm, um, yes. which is really great to listen to. Um, yeah. Awesome. Listen now on Spotify. <laughs> mm. Click on that little link in the show notes. Speaking of autobiographical podcasts, uh, I also have another recommendation for a podcast that I've been listening to. It's called Two Headed Girl. Nonfiction? Correct. Nonfiction. It's also slightly script, slightly produced. My, my usual podcast format, the 99% of my podcasts are, is kind of what's happening right now. It's sort of like a two people shooting the baloney. And then it's with minimal editing. <laughs> Much like this podcast. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, but uh, Alex Cox, who is a co-host of one of my favorite shows, Do By Friday, she has released a show called Two-Headed Girl. It's got three episodes so far. They've kind of done one, one a month. Um, but her and her partner, they document their partner's transition from female to male. And they've been recording little voice memos for the last two years. And then they kind of edit them into into episodes it's just so well done uh, and oh, it's very heartfelt warm delightful sad and just very well made they have this amazing conversation in episode two where they sort of have an argument about how matty her, her spouse came out to her mm-hmm. that he was trans and it's incredible i've listened to it twice already because the emotional maturity like they're having an argument right but it's so amazing because there's no hostility and there's no anger and yet there's no sort of being like overly apologetic or trying to make the other person feel better it's like this very honest emotional conversation they have together which i'm just like the emotional intelligence is staggering and one day i hope that i can maybe attain two percent of what was on display there but it's a fantastic listen there's like a little music bed which works really well so it's like slightly produced but not in a kind of gross npr way which often kind of turns me off yeah Um, yeah, it's a great show i would say check it out on spotify or wherever you get your podcasts i'll definitely check it out i'm i'm all for emotional maturity because i have very little of it (laughs) (laughs) see all previous jokes are about golf and stroking (laughs) well that's our show join us next week as we review calculated two colon the game the game if you want to tweet at us you can we are at seven days to play on the awful cesspool that is twitter.com. <laughs> Until then, seven days to play. Seven days to play. Seven days to play.